राजा Listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And it's time right now for the Nardwar to Human Serviette Radio Show. You just heard Screaming Jay Hawkins, who had 57 kids, with Frenzy. And today on the Nardwar to Human Serviette Radio Show, an interview with someone who perhaps could be, well, who isn't, but should have been one of Screaming Jay Hawkins' one of his 57 kids, King Kong and the Shrines from Berlin slash Montreal. King Kong will be phoning in to the Nardwarty Human Serviette Radio Show, and King Kong and the Shrines are playing this Monday night at the Red Room in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Right now, we have a brand new release by a band called Garaja from Ottawa, Ontario on vinyl and this is presented to you via the song Rock Hamster this is Garage
you're still listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and the Nardwarta Human Serviette Radio Show. And you just heard there Neanderthals and the Sponges, or Neanderthal, 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 Neanderthal Sponge, Neanderthal Sponge by Neanderthal Sponge from Ottawa, Ontario, Canada, and their song from 1989 with I'm a Republican. So that's the Nanderthal Sponge from Ottawa, Ontario, 1989, and their song I'm a Republican from a 7-inch. On this particular 7-inch, Jeff Martin is playing guitar. And before the sponge, we heard the Gruesomes from Ottawa, Ontario, kind of. Well, at least one member of the Gruesomes now lives in Ottawa, Ontario. John Jednall, who's not actually playing on this particular track that we played by the Gruesomes. That's Eric Davis, but he probably did play on that track in his many years in the Gruesomes. Well, he did for sure play on that track in his many years in the Gruesomes. John Jednall was the second drummer of the Gruesomes. We heard Gone for Good, but John Jednall, apparently, rumor goals, is now playing drums for Garaja! Jeff's new band, Jeff from the Nandurthal Sponge, new band Garaja, and that's the track we heard right off the top there with Rock Hamster. So it went a little bit this way with Jeff's musical history. We had the Rock Hamster from Garaja into the Nandurthal Sponge 1989 with I'm a Republican from Ottawa, Ontario. At the very end, and of course, sandwiched by the gruesomes gone for good, and Garaja have the services of one John Jed Noel on drums for them in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. Brand new LP by Garaja on vinyl, totally thick. Maybe made in Czechoslovakia, maybe not, but very, very thick red vinyl and smells and feels great, just like the July 4th toilet record that I touched and smelled last week on the Nardwarta Human Serviette Radio Show. And you're listening to the Nardwarta Human Serviette Radio Show on CITR, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Coming up, an interview with King Kong and the Shrines, who are playing the Red Room in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, on Monday Evening. Another package that was sent to me was by Raymond. Well, when I say by Raymond, because when Raymond sends something, boy, does he send an incredible package. This is Raymond from Edmonton, and he sent me his new band, The Famines. And The Famines, actually, are going to be playing with Lord Beginner and a Pale Blue at Pat's Pub on the 25th of July here in Vancouver. They're from Edmonton, but they're going to be visiting Vancouver on the 25th of July. They're going to be playing Pat's Pub with Lord Beginner and a Pale Blue. And this particular double seven-inch package that Raymond sent me of his band, The Famines, has like a huge booklet, lots of little inserts, etc., etc. And it also contains a particular tune that you're going to hear right now called Gimme Some Numbers by The Famines from Edmonton.
you're still listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and an Ardwarty Human Serviette Radio Show. And that there was The Golden Hands Before God Conducts Incredible Magic Band and the Spirits. Yes, Pop Echo recording artist The Golden Hands Before God Conducts Incredible Magic Band and the Spirits from Edmonton on the Pop Echo record label with Communist Party. And before that, also from Edmonton, Alberta, the Famines from a double seven inch. And they're going to be playing in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada on July the 25th at Pat's Pub. That's the Famines, not the Golden Hands before God conducts incredible magic band and the spirits who we just heard with Communist Party from the Pop Echo record label who also put out the vertical slats vertical struts as well but then the vertical struts have no longer continued into this world and have morphosized in some little way or metamorphosized into the famines thank you ramond and raymond and all of you for the product and mailing it to the nardwater human survey radio show coming up an interview with king kong and the shrines and to prepare you for king kong and the shrines I have some King Kong and the Shrines. And then after that, some more Screaming Jay Hawkins, except this time it's Screaming Jay Hawkins and Serge Gainsbourg doing a duet on Screaming Jay Hawkins' big number one hit, this Constipation Blues. It's live on a TV show. So some King Kong and the Shrines and then Screaming Jay Hawkins with Serge Gainsbourg with Constipation Blues and then hopefully an interview with one of Screaming Jay Hawkins pseudo kids, King Kong from King Kong and the Shrines playing in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada this Monday night at the Red Room. Here is King Kong and the Shrines from their brand new CD on Vice called The Supreme Genius of King Kong and the Shrines, which is a compilation of stuff they've done from the past 10 years.
could hear your voice. Oh, when you call my name now, child, I really have no choice. Let it 
You're still listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and the Nardwarta Human Serviette Radio Show. And who do we have on the line right now? Hello, are you there, caller? Yes, who, I am here. Who are you? I'm Mr. King Kong. You are Mr. King Kong from King Kong yes. and the Shrines. Yes. Welcome to the Nardwarta Human Serviette Radio Show. Thank you. I'm very happy to 
to be talking to you. Now, Mr. King Kong, while I've been waiting for you to phone in, I've been playing some stuff by screaming Jay Hawkins, and I've been saying that perhaps you could have been one of his children. You're not one of his children. He did have, like, 57... I applied for that on the... uh, It was, like, a, a website where you could apply to be one of his children, and I made up a story that he met my mother in Montreal in 1977, and uh, and then I got these emails, like inviting me to uh, the Hard Rock Cafe in Los Angeles to uh, meet the rest of my family. Of which you didn't go, unfortunately, because you were in Berlin at the time. Yes, I mean I don't think I would have gone anyways because I try to avoid anything related to the Hard Rock Cafe. Well, what can you tell the people about Screaming Jay Hawkins and specifically Screaming Jay Hawkins and Serge Gainsbourg that we display there with Constipation Blues? You know, I got a great Screaming Jay Hawkins story, actually, that, that I, I met. Uh, I, I was, I'm friends with uh, Dickie Peterson from Blue Cheer, and uh, he was telling me that uh, Blue Cheer ran into um, Screaming Jay Hawkins in, like, a Los Angeles airport in 1969 when they were doing a festival together, and they were at the airport, and, uh, and Screaming Jay, um, he was, like, in his white suit and, like, walking uh, in this airport, and uh, he got, like, there was this big group of elderly tourists, like, you know, people, I don't know, flying to Florida or something like that, and um, he, like, walked right into the middle of this big group of old people and then suddenly faked a heart attack. And, uh, like, he flopped onto the floor and was, like, screaming on the floor. And, and then uh, the people were so, like, they were going crazy. The old ladies were, like, screaming. And and then after, you know, like, taking a heart attack for about 30 seconds, he just, like, got up and he pulled out this fake money that he, like, that he had with his face on it that looked like real American money, but, like, it had his face on it. It was called Ghoulers. And um, he lit them on fire and then laughed and like walked away like that's one of the wildest blue cheer stories i've ever heard is there any wild blue cheer stories does anything top that there king kong coming to vancouver oh, hell yeah there's a story one of, one of the most amazing stories that that if you could tell me was that um when when blue cheer was um living in um in california like they uh uh, they were sponsored. They were living in the build, like the building that was like the Hell's Angels headquarters on Haight Ashbury, and like um, they, uh, they they were invited to go see uh, Owsley's, um LSD manufacturing like compound in uh, which in the Redwood Forest, and Owsley was the guy who made basically all the acid for like I guess America at that time because he was importing it everywhere and he was selling it to the Hell's Angels and. And um, anyway, so they went to, to Owsley's house, uh, or Owsley's, where he, where he was making it. And it he, had, uh, he had so much money that he had bought, like, an abandoned church in the Redwood Forest. And inside this church, they built this giant teepee. And uh, it was inside the church, this giant teepee. And that was, their, like, the, kind of the reception room where, like, people would come in and they would get, uh, sell acid. And the basement of the church was the uh, laboratory. And apparently, when Boucher went there to visit, they were all hanging out there with all these angels. And one of the like chemists that was in the in the place, he came upstairs and he had this little glass of what looked like kind of water. And he told everyone like 
with this kind of mad look in his eyes, like, oh, I just made the most concentrated LSD I've ever, ever, you know. He said, in this class, there's 800 hits of LSD. And then um, he put the glass down stupidly and went back downstairs. And, uh, and of course, that guy's wife drank, like, thinking it was some kind of water, like, just, like, kind of picked it up and drank it by mistake. So, like, in one sip, she, like, had, I don't know, like, a few hundred hits of acid. And uh, within a few hours, she, like, apparently went back to being, like, a baby and um, was, like, basically on the floor in the fetal position, like, crying. And apparently this guy, uh, who he had quite a lot of money selling acid at the time. He bought himself an island somewhere, like, in Hawaii and uh, raised his wife from infancy again. Incredible, and that was parlayed to you by Blue Cheer. Where did you meet Blue Cheer, King Kong? And King Kong, you were coming to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada this Monday night to the Red Room in Vancouver. King Kong and the Shrines are coming to Vancouver. Where did you meet Blue Cheer? How did you get this story? That is pretty incredible. Are you still there, King Kong? King Kong and the Shrines. Disconnected. After we talk about LSD, Blue Cheer, and Screaming Jay Hawkins. A hint of things to come on Monday night in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Well, perhaps the audience listening right now, you would like to hear I Want to Be a Girl by the Supreme Genius of King Kong and the Shrines while we try to reconnect.
still listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And we're joined now again by King Kong. King Kong, what happened there? Uh, I'm, I'm in, a, in a short bus driving to San Francisco. And you're telling with, this incredible... With, flower, with flowers in my pubic hair. And you're telling this incredible LSD story, and it kind of turns into an LSD trip, because you were just saying to me, you kept telling the story, and you didn't realize that you were not on the air anymore. I know. I, I, I'm just like telling the story to everyone in the band, basically. <laughs> and it just went on and on and on. And little did you know, you were tripping yourself because you weren't even on the air. Wow, the crazy, wow. the crazy adventures of King Kong. I'm going to San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> Boom! And we actually, as soon as you cut off there, I played the track "I Want to Be a Girl," and then I played some more "Screaming Jay Hawkins." So going right back, right well, back. What was going on? I was still telling the story about <laughs> meeting Dickie Peterson from Blue Cheer. But what I wanted to ask you about was that clip I played earlier, "Screaming Jay Hawkins" and Serge Gainsbourg. What was that about? The song about booing. Yes, the constipation blues. It's the, them about pain about real. Honest to God, honest to goodness, Kane. Who else is in King Kong and the Shrines? Could you introduce them at all, King Kong? There's like 17 people, isn't there? Well, well right now on, on the road, we've got 17 people uh, because we got a band called the Jacuzzi Boys out of Florida who are with us. I got two boys from Alabama who are driving, who actually made this band. One of them plays at Thomas Function, and the other one, his name is Andy Dale Petty. I just got an album contract with uh, Beatman in, in, uh, out in uh, Switzerland. He's like a great guitar player. He plays like uh, he can play like like Mississippi John Hurt kind of stuff. Mississippi Fred McDowell kind of shit. Anyways, uh, the Shrines are eleven people, two from France, um, seven from Germany, one from Canada, being myself, and one American. Plus, you have and a go-go dancer. Who is the go-go dancer? Because I've seen photos and movements. She was actually uh, in the yakuza, the, the Japanese mafia. She uh, she actually uh, was like we met her on the road in Europe. She was like escaping from this like life in Japan that she had, had left behind of like crime and and sex and drugs, and we replaced crime with rock and roll. You also have and, an uh, amazing. Who does, and roll and sex and drugs. who does the organ playing? Because you have some amazing organ playing in King Kong yeah. and the Shrines. The organ player, he's from France. His name is Fredovich. He is, uh, the first time I saw him, he was wearing a go-go dress and a cowboy hat and a full beard. And uh, that's when I knew that uh, we were eternal soulmates. 
And so ever since then, Fredovich and I have um, we've, we've done everything together. We've actually taken the shit simultaneously in the same toilet. You also are bringing a sound man with you, too. Spiritually. Spiritually, I'm talking about. You're bringing you a... Want to you, want to say hi, you want to say hi to him? Sure. Here's my organ player, Fredovich. Here you go. Sure. He's on Vancouver Radio. It's not one. Here's my organ player. Hello? Hello. How are you doing? Yeah, fine, fine. I've seen lots of footage of your great organ playing. Oh, yeah? Yes. You're totally lighting it up. How's everything going on the bus? Sorry? How is everything? How is everything going on the bus? That's what I was saying. It's a big orange bus that you've got made. Like it was made for you by one of your fans. Uh, one of my friends, yeah, from Alabama. What they did, we they hollowed out a short bus for handicapped children, and they put like three couches in it. And it's basically like traveling around in your best friend's living room. And if if your best friend loved Jesus. I love, love like haunting southern paintings and pictures of black children. You also have an important group in the group, within the group, the horn section. How many horns are you traveling with, King Kong? And of course, you're playing Vancouver this Monday night you at the Red what? Room. I got the horniest band ever. Huh? And horny, horny. <laughs> anyway, I got three horns in the band. I got one, one uh, baritone sax player from France, who is like. Basically, the rockabilly, rockabilly king of of, uh, of France. His name is Fred, Big Fred Roller Coaster. He's on baritone. I got I got Germany's John Coltrane on uh, tenor sax, who is uh, Ben Ra, and um, and my uh, my partner in songwriting is my trumpet player Simon. Simon says, and uh, actually, me and Simon and my, my guitar player Till. We do all, like, the songwriting, pretty much. And when the horn guys ain't doing the horn stuff, they're doing percussion. They do percussion, too, don't they? A bit of the shakers. They do. They, they, we have a percussion player, Ron Streeter, who's a 62-year-old black man who, uh, who is actually made of ice cream. <laughs> like, he actually, we've actually cut off one of his fingers to reveal that he was just full, full of fudge. So when we call him Chocolate Man, we're not being racist. We're just being honest. Uh, yes, and like the rest of the band, they do play percussion because, um, you know, horns and percussions are very much the same kind of thing. They you're, both make sounds. You're originally from Montreal. You're living in Berlin. The rest of the band is pretty much all European. Is it their first time here in North America? Are there any it first... It is, it is. And you know what the greatest thing is? Is that I can tell them... And take them places and completely like lie to them about like for example we were in Hollywood and I told them that this was like Arnold Schwarzenegger's house and they all believe it and like when they arrived on the uh, from the plane in, into New York City um, I, I bought them like I didn't buy them but like I was given two cases of Colt 45 from Vice Records because they had tons of free Colt 45 and I gave them all Colt 45 for the first week and told them that this was the best beer in America. And they loved it. So they're very gullible, but they're also my best friends, my family, and I'm so proud to show them America and show them Canada. And uh, it's great. I feel like um, I feel like a million bazillion bucks. You took them up into one. You took them for a Chinese buffet, did you? I took them for a Chinese buffet, and I fed them with my own tongue. 
I chewed the food up, and I spat it in their mouths, and we sat in a circle. Now, That's I, how strong my love is. I saw photos of this on Kristen, your tour manager's Flickr page, and there were also some pictures of some ball shots. What exactly? Oh, yeah, those are my testicles. What exactly is a ball shot, King Kong? Uh, well, basically, I've decided to like wear the same bathing suit every day for the whole tour, which means that I have to wash it every day, but which is quite refreshing because if you wash a uh, bathing suit. My, my wife pimped out my bathing suit, and she put, like, golden threads, so it looks like kind of golden pubic hair. And um, the uh, when I'll sit down in my different yoga, yoga positions when I'm driving, um, sometimes my testicle will hang out and say hello. And Kristen sometimes is there to capture the brilliance and the magic of my testicle. And luckily she was there, and she put it on the interweb, on the international uh, golden ticket, computer machine she's very now it's, she's, now it's floating floating around in your retina well she's very efficient with that like she up takes the photo and then uploads it like people can experience what you guys are experiencing real time pretty much indeed i guess what what, uh, what do you call it if it's uh, three people saying not, not a duet it would be a a what? A try? I think you're breaking up a tiny bit. Are you still there, King Kong? Yeah, hello, I'm here. What, what, what do you call it when three people are singing together? Like, a, when two is a duet, when three people are singing, it's a what? A triumvirate. There we go. We, so, me, Ian Savinius from Makeup, and Kid Congo Powers from the Gun Club did Rebel Rebel together, and it was beautiful. That was an amazing photo that I saw there. The Makeup... And the gun club all together. Where was that? In Washington, D.C.? Yeah. And your first gig on your tour was at the Seaport Festival in front of boats. What was that like, playing in front of a whole bunch of boats? It was great because there was, like, a lot of black people there. Like, the whole Bedford-Stuyvesant crew. All these, like, black kids and black people. And they all were in the front, and they were all dancing like mad. And it was so great for me to... Because, I mean, the one thing that I miss the most uh, living in Germany is, like, American black people. And, uh, and I think that this music is for, you know, I mean, when, when, I, when I see, like, black people going crazy to my music, I feel very happy. Because, I mean, this is essentially American black rock and roll, what we're doing. And we kind of add a little bit of Indian spice and German sausage and French cheese to it. To make this giant kind of like uh, like a potpourri in food. The first gig you played was in New York City at the Seaport Festival, and the last gig I see on this festival is going to be in Brooklyn. You're going to play a swimming pool. Yes, That's we're c- playing a swimming pool that can fit five thousand people. Actually, Devo played there when we were there last time. Well, I think that's great. Like, from a seaport festival to a swimming pool, that, like, perfectly encapsulates King Kong and the Shrines, who are playing Vancouver. You are playing Vancouver this Monday night in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And the other day, you played an in-store at Amoeba Records in L.A. Can you explain a bit about playing an in-store at Amoeba? Because I understand you get free records or free credit if you do an in-store there. You know what? I I immediately felt really dizzy when I walked in because this is probably one of the biggest record stores I've ever seen and, like, probably the best collection of every kind of music that you'd ever want. And when I walked in there, there was all these posters all over the walls. It's like entering like a, 
a giant like dream come true. But it was so overwhelming that I decided to run upstairs immediately with my fifty dollar uh, gift certificate. I ran upstairs to the DVD section and I I just quickly got um, Muppet Show uh, Volume Three uh, and. Um, a SpongeBob DVD and a Curb Your Enthusiasm DVD. I kind of given up on the record collecting now. Ever since uh, the invention of DVDs, I've I've found myself like not really buying records anymore. Who? Unless people give me records, which I I do appreciate. King Kong, you mentioned you're traveling with the Jacuzzi Boys. Who are the Jacuzzi Boys? I met the Jacuzzi Boys in um, in Miami, Florida, the first time uh, with barbecue last year, and we did like about four dates in, in Florida together. They're from Miami originally. One of the, uh, there's two Venezuelans and one Cuban. The, uh, the drummer, unfortunately, is an illegal alien, and that's the reason that he won't be able to be uh, coming to Vancouver because he can't cross any borders because he has no passport. So he actually almost shits his pants every time we get pulled over by a cop. Um, anyways, they're, uh, they're like the new young bloods of the death cult. And uh, I was very proud to bring them on tour because um, they, uh, well, well, to me, like, meeting them was a very uh, magical omen. And uh, I like very much, they, their sound reminds me of, like, a, uh, of, of, the, of the Zeros, who are on Bomb Records. They've they got a really cool early Bomb kind of sound, and I'm really proud of them. They're young, and I, I, I wanted to help them spread their music all over America. I did a split single with them on Florida's Dying just now, uh, a song called Desert Mile, which I recorded for my wife. And um, they're, they're, they're the most, they're sweethearts. And I love the fact that they're all Latino because like, they really, remi- I mean, that's not the only reason they remind me of the Zeros. Their sound is kind of like, like a really psychedelic, cool, uh, psychedelic punk kind of thing. And, yeah, they're, they're the young boys of the death cult, the new generation. King Kong, you're living in Germany, and I played the song I Want to Be a Girl that has a bit of wah-wah in it. At least it appeared to me it had some wah-wah, and it made me think of Jimi Hendrix, and then it made me think of the Cavern Club in Germany. Do you have any Cavern Club experiences? Have you played the Cavern I went, Club? I went to this Cavern Club. It's called the Kit Kat Club, and it's actually uh, a very hardcore uh, swingers club where like they have fisting competitions and uh, it's actually quite nasty uh, I, my, uh, me and Barbecue actually played this club because uh, we, we were in a movie in a very like, big German, German production a movie called Black Sheep or Schwarzer Schaffer I, was, I did the whole soundtrack to that movie I, and I, I got blacklist on that soundtrack and the spits and uh, Kick on the Barbecue, Kick on the Shrines, um, Grigri on there too. Anyways, I just wanted to hook up all my old, all my little, all my brothers with that. And uh, we played at this club. We were probably the only band that ever played this place. And all the waitresses were naked, and they had shaved vaginas and uh, bullet like bullet uh, belts. And underneath the bullet belts, you could see like their their shaved pubises and. Um, in the bathroom, uh, people were snorting cocaine, and um, and there, me and Barbecue were playing. I was dressed up like a woman, and uh, I mean, apart from that cavern club, it's, it's I call it the Kit Kat Club. There are many of these cavern clubs because caverns were giant uh, holes that were dug by, you know, this movie Tremors. 
Well, tremors is actually a reality in Germany, and these giant earthworms will, you know, empty out. They're actually not harmful. They're actually hired by people to, like, make these cavern clubs. So these worms come through and, like, they'll eat areas of land underneath, and then, like, they're, and they're, they're, their mucus that they leave behind will actually dry up to form tables and chairs and a PA. And you can actually have this amazing bar, which is created by the mucus of a, of a Kevin Bacon tremor hole. King Kong from King Kong and the Shrines playing Monday night in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada here at the Red Room. You guys played a 50-cent after-party. Now, is it true that 50-cent charges $10,000 to appear at an after-party for 10 minutes? Like, he charges $10,000 for 10 minutes. We actually got uh, a deal with him because uh, we just wanted him to call me on my cell phone. And uh, that only costed uh, $3,000. So he called me, and we talked. And I got little John, who also called me, and... Um, all he said, you know, was okay. So, I mean, I want to eventually be a part of this hip-hop community because I want to charge that much to my friends to visit me. And then eventually I'll just be able to not have to play shows and I'll just charge people to for my personal appearances. How about from the Soul Party persuasion? Have you played any gigs with Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings? What do you think of them? I think they're great. Actually, I... I, I just got uh, I just got a letter or an email from uh, the guy who made the video for them. Have you seen their video for that a thousand or hundred nights or something? The black and it's black and white, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy's a big fan of the shrines, and he wants to do our next video. So uh, I think they're absolutely great. I mean, me personally, uh, my my whole thing with the shrines is that, that I kind of don't want to be as purist as they are. I mean, I, I totally respect what they do. I, I mean, Sharon Jones is just like, her voice is incredible, her presence, everything, like, and the songs are great. But uh, my approach to soul music is more like, I want to mix up all the things that I love, like 77 punk, psychedelic garage music, and... Um, well, also you know, costumes. Like, like, Sharon Jones, I don't think, wears costumes, and I don't think Amy Winehouse wears costumes, or maybe she does wear costumes. Have you any experience with Amy Winehouse at all, King you Kong? You know what's funny? Is my uh, my sister-in-law, my brother's fiance, my brother's fiance. She uh, she was in a in a line in an airport, I think in London or something like that, and uh, she suddenly smelled like a this way like this in the air, this like cloud of like puke smell, like a heavy puke smell, and she turned around and it was Amy Winehouse right behind her. Baboom! King Kong! Though the difference between you and Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings, I mean, obviously, there's a bit of musical difference, but the outfits, what sort of costumes are you guys wearing in this particular tour? You mentioned you're wearing the swimsuit every night. What are the costumes that you're wearing? Well, you know what's funny is that I actually have only one suit that I wear on on tour and uh, one bathing suit that I wear every day. And uh, I'm just a clean person, you know, like... uh, But, you know, they say that, like, when an animal is afraid, is that's when an animal will start to stink, you know. So I just, you know, I'm never afraid, so I don't stink. Because once you start stinking, then, then the predators will come and they will attack you and they will, they will hunt you down. What about the Darth so, Vader outfit? The Darth Vader outfit. I have a Darth Vader outfit, but it's more of a Super King Khan outfit. And, um, I mean, it's got, it's got a touch of blowfly in there. But um, I like to wear the same suit because... Uh, of this Bo Diddley song, 
called The Great Grandpappy, and it goes like this. The great grandpappy was a busy man, cooked his grill on a frying pan, picked his teeth with a hunting knife, wore the same suit all of his life. Oh, It's interesting, King Kong, that you mention Germany and then you mention Blowfly, because I think right now Blowfly is on tour in Germany, backing up like their version of Green Day. Did you hear about that? Have you, yeah, I have. Have you, heard, have you seen that man's fingers, man? That guy's fingers are like dildos. He's got the longest fingers in the world. How popular are you in Germany? What is popular in Germany? King Kong from King Kong and the Shrines passing through the mountains on the way to San Francisco, on the way to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Hopefully, we'll be able to recollect and reconnect with King Kong from King Kong and the Shrines playing the Red Room in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And um, King Kong was talking about, well, the experiences he's been having on the road, etc., and the people that he's been bumping into. And here is his particular track and take on that, Mr. Sweet Tooth. Hey, hey man, you heard about that girl they call Sweet Tooth? Man, she's so sweet. King Kong. I'm here. Did you hear me sing? Uh, yes, we heard the singing. The singing did happen. The first bit okay. The first bit of singing happened, and then I went on to ask you, how popular are you in Germany? What is popular in Germany? And then I played your song, you Sweet... Know what's, you know what's popular in Germany is, is like Ru- Russian disco, where like these stupid jock kids will like drink 100 shots of tequila and die. Okay. What's also popular in Germany... Is um, is how about uh, how about Canadian peaches? Is peaches hanging out in Germany oh, at all? I, I love peaches. We're we're friends. We hang out sometimes. Like I was eating ribs with her, and uh, I, she came to my movie premiere. She came to me. Actually, I was like when the when the Black Lips were recording at my house. Uh, they played a show in uh, in this place in um, in Berlin, and uh, I took tons of mushrooms. And I, I met Peaches, and uh, I was talking to her, and I was tripping so hard that 
her face was like changing colors and shrinking, and she looked like an orange at one point. And it was freaking me out because her name is Peaches, and she looked like an orange. And then she looked at me, and she was like, I want some of what you're on. King Kong? Well, uh, you played a wedding in Berlin with Jared of the Black Lips? Yes, we're, we're, a, we're, a, we're a wedding and bar mitzvah band. Whose wedding was that? That was uh, Tammy from uh, one, of my, one of my best friends in Berlin who owns the hottest club in uh, Berlin called the Bassi Club. The, actually, that's the club where me and Barbecue first played our first shows together like, years ago. You know, it's funny, um, uh, Madonna actually called, uh, called that guy, uh, called my friend Tammy to, to book uh, his club because in the Berlin Halle, which is a Berlin film festival, Madonna had a, produced a film that she was uh, producing, and she wanted to have the after party for the film premiere at the hottest club in, uh, in Berlin. But uh, me and Barbecue had booked a show on the same date, like months in advance. And uh, and then Tammy told Madonna's people, "Sorry, we're not available that night because King Kong and Barbecue Show are playing." Club owners love you. They love you, King Kong. Hopefully, the Red Room club owners will love you as well. Particularly, the club owner. If they, di- don't, if they don't love me, then I'll put a hex on them, and then their bar will smell like shit for months. Who is Dan Burke? Because he really loves you, doesn't he? He got you $8,000 to come for, like, North by Northeast in Toronto last year. I'm on the phone. I love Dan Burke. Dan Burke smokes crack. Dan Burke shoots heroin. Dan Burke uses an internet cafe on the corner of, like, the worst corner of Toronto's uh, place. But Dan Burke is also the guy who managed to bring my whole soul orchestra across from Europe to play, you know, four shows in Canada that were, every show was a success except the one in Hamilton where exactly four people paid to see us. And um, Dan Burke, okay, he can, he's, a, he's a hard pill to swallow, but if he's on your side, he'll, he'll do you right. And um, But it's amazing, he got, he got you $8,000 to come over and play the North by Northeast Music Festival. Like He was able to convince North by Northeast to put up the money for you guys, who not many people yeah. knew about at that time. Let me tell you a funny story. When I showed up uh, to go pick up the band, and Dan Burke, I had to go rent a car with Dan Burke. I was in the car with Dan Burke, and I was driving to the airport of Toronto. And as I was pulling into the uh, uh, arrivals part of the airport, Dan Burke lit up a crack pipe in the, in the shotgun seat next to me, and, and my leg froze up because I was like, there's so many police in the airport, you know. I was like, Dan, put that shit away. And then Dan looked at me and op- opened the window crack and uh, crack, <laughs> opened the window a little bit and blew, like, the smoke out. He said, hey, man, I've got to stay awake somehow. And then he was smoking crack in the car. Then we picked up the band. Then when I asked him about getting equipment, he took me to a rental store, like Steve's Music Store or something like that, where he like basically told us that we could take anything in the rental room, and then we picked our own things out, whichever we, whatever we wanted, and then he went out back and gave the guy like three grams of cocaine, and the guy said we could use the stuff for as long as we want. What so, That's rock and roll. What Network is fucking rock and roll. What? I know he has drunk nights where he throws glasses at waitresses and... And, you know, he was mean to, he was really mean to Jamie Chard, and I think that was really uncalled for. But 
Yeah, what Dan what Rock, happened? Dan what Rock is rock and roll. What Dan, happened? Dan Burke. What happened between him and Jay Retard? Well, unfortunately, when someone smokes too much crack, they kind of lose control of uh, simple things, and um, he he like he didn't expect Jay Retard's show to be quite as uh, a success as it was, and he oversold tickets, and uh, and then you know. I mean, if it's a punk rock show and there's too many kids, someone's going to get hurt. And, uh, I mean, I know Jay Richard since he was 17. You know, back in the day, he would tell me stories about, like, jumping into cesspools of crap or, like, spraying easy off oven cleaner on his penis and going to the hospital covered in motor oil. And, like, the doctor's having to treat a naked 17-year-old Jay Richard covered in motor oil with, like, Three layers of skin from his penis burnt off because of easy off oven cleaner. So we're all, we're all dealing with madmen here, you know. And madmen plus madmen equals madmen, you know. That's the equation. So expect the best, expect the worst, but expect something, you know. Don't expect to see a bunch of shoegazing emo bullshit rockers that are just gonna fucking bore you to death and should be thrown in a vat of acid. King Kong this Monday night at the Red Room in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And in Toronto, you're going to be doing two nights at the Horseshoe. Two nights at the Horseshoe. And I noticed the Sunday Sinners are opening to feature Work With Me Annie from the Sex Arenos. Yes. And also Jenna, uh, I, uh, she's like my friend since I was 16. And we, it, we took a lot of LSD together when we were kids. And then so you... Now, now whenever we look into each other's eyes, there's a kaleidoscope that forms. And we're... We dance our way to the heart of the sun. And now you, King Kong, you yourself are going to be opening up for the mummies. The mummies are getting back yes. together, and you're on that bill. Yes, and you know what? I, I arranged this, but I'm going to bring my daughters there who are, who are uh, five years old and eight years old, and they're going to sit like backstage and watch the mummies from the side. And just imagine how amazing it would be if we were eight years old and we, or five years old and we saw the mummies. How are you going to explain to them that they used to wear costumes? Um, I, I told them that they're actually real mummies, like from Egypt. So what happens when they don't see any mummy stuff wrapped around them? I understand. They will be wearing mummy stuff. Hold on, I'm on the phone. Well, I'm doing a fucking interview. We're winding up here with King Kong coming to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada this Monday at the Red Room. So you're going to get a chance to play with the mummies. You also had a little fantasy. Did you play New Orleans on this tour, King Kong? Did I play what? Did you play New Orleans? Did you guys get a... Oh, hell yeah. One of the greatest shows on our tour was in New Orleans. And uh, we, we played in a place where Elvis Presley and Hank Williams and Bo Diddley and all these people played. It's an old bar in the, in the French Quarter called One-Eyed Jacks. And that backstage was... Elvis sat in that backstage. And Elvis's butt sweat was where my butt sweat was after the show. On the same seat. King Kong, do you think you'll go back to Toe Rag Studios to do any recording there? One of the most amazing re- vintage recording studios in the world. Is it oh, still I there? Love, I love Liam. I love Liam uh, very much, and uh, we had a great time in the studio together. But he's too expensive now. You know, ever since the whole White Stripes deal happened, you know, it, it's kind of sad because White Stripes made the price of everything cool go up really high. You know, like vintage guitars now. When back in the day we could drive around America and pick up guitars for like fifty bucks. Now because Jack White plays like something that looks crazy, now all the guitars are like five hundred bucks or three hundred bucks. Can- I mean, we, we, anyways, 
but because of like that whole thing in Torag, I mean, he's charging too much. And you know what? To be honest, I don't want to record anywhere but my but my own house and by my own, myself, because I love to record and I have the best recording studio in the universe called Moon Studios. Look it up, MySpace.com, Moon Studios Berlin. I've recorded Deer Hunter there, Demon's Claws, King Kong Barbecue, King Kong the Shrines, uh, Savalu, my daughter, um, my sister, Coco Burr, um, King Black Co- Lips, Red King- Bloom album was produced by me. Half of it was in my living room. King Kong, you are on Vice Records now, finally, because for years when I've been talking to you, I've always mentioned Vice Records, but now you're finally on Vice. So what happened? Finally, you're on Vice Records. With all these connections over the years, I would always ask you, King Kong, how come you're not on Vice? How come you're not on Vice? And now you are on Vice. You know what happened was that um, I wanted to bring the band so badly, and I hooked up with the best booking agency in the universe called Windish, who actually booked Three Six Mafia, and so the, the, the and Doctor Octagon and all these hip hop bands and stuff, and they book a lot of Vice Vice acts and stuff, and um, so because I hooked up with Windish, uh, I basically asked Vice. I was like, I was really happy and impressed by what happened with the Black Lips and how they promoted them and and like you know pimped them all over the world. So they and of course they really love my music and. Tarush was always wanting to have the King Kong and Barbecue show uh, on, on on Vice Records. and. Do you think you'll do I, that? Do you think that Barbecue will end up on Vice, King Kong and Barbecue? Um, to be honest, I don't know. I mean, we're going to be basically, we basically have a bunch of offers now like that are coming in. So I'm just, we're going to take the, take the biggest offer and, and go with it. And uh, I don't think Vice will be able to offer as much money as the other people that we have in there. Like but, um, like Crypt Records or Norton Records. Those are some amazing labels to be on because I didn't even know Crypt Records was doing anything anymore. Oh, I mean, I, I, uh, Tim Warren is like a really good friend of mine. I was actually at his house like a few weeks ago, and uh, he's doing pretty good. I mean, considering this was like the worst year of his life, where he lost his wife, his dog, his house, and his record store all in one go, basically. And, like, he's building, he's picking up the pieces, he's, like, shoveling the asbestos out of his lungs, out of his, out of his record store, and he's, like, picking up the pieces, and, and, and he's going to IK. You know IK? No, I don't, you know King what? Kong. I, IK is this big, big, like, Norwegian furniture store. It's called IK. Oh, IK. yes, yes, I think it's called Swedish for Common Sense. That's what it means. Right, IK. So he goes to IK, and he buys furniture at IK, and he built up his whole office for my K, and uh, he's doing really good. I love him. What can you say about Norton Records? Because you're on Vice, you're on Crypt, you're on Norton Records. I mean, life is pretty good there, King Kong. I, I, you know what? I guess this is the proudest moment of my life. You know, like I remember when I played with Spaceships. Like our biggest rock and roll dream was to be on Crypt or Norton Records, and finally, you know, with King Kong and Barbecue Show, we actually got that respect. You know, and, and, and because of the success of King Kong Barbecue Show, I was also able to bring the shrines to Europe and I mean I mean to uh, to America and uh, and bring, you know, American soul music made by Germans and Canadians and and uh, Brazilians and everyone back to where it belongs. Well, thanks so much for phoning in to the Nardwara Human Serviette radio show here today. King Kong from King Kong and the Shrines playing Monday you know night. What? 
at the Red Room. I, I just I just saw the the interview that you did with Nirvana recently. Oh yes, at at the PNE Forum in 1994. Yeah, Courtney Love seemed like she was plotting the assassination as she was talking to you. Did you get that feeling? No, I was just completely in awe because she snuck me backstage and told the security guard, meet my cousin Nardwar. And that's how I got backstage. So I didn't notice anything that was going on there because I was so scared at that actual point. Well, that's cool. Because, I mean, do you think that she might have been the one to assassinate him? I'm not sure about all that sort of stuff. I did do a couple interviews with a guy called Brent who was in the band False Alarm, which was an early version of No Effects, and they're all documented on my website, so you can check that out. So there's some interesting stuff about that. What particular... Hey, you, know, you know what? I wanted to tell you one thing. Uh, what, what, you know that wedding party that me and Jared played at? Yes. At that same party, I was asked to play country music, uh, like some romantic country music, and guess who came on stage and played bass with me? Country, who? Country Carol K. No, you know who it was. It was um, oh Adam Adam Yodorovsky, the son of of the filmmaker. Oh, Jodorowsky. Uh, yes. And and it's his son who's in the movie Santa Sangre, who has that bird tattoo on his chest. How did he do that? How did he do the bass playing? How did he do bass playing? He's a musician, and he came up and played bass. Well, I, he played like a dum and I was doing like like romantic country. I did a song by Charlie Feathers, a cover. It's called uh, um, "A Man in Love." Just out of curiosity, King Kong, where did you see the Nirvana interview? Um, I saw it on the interweb at IK. And people can check out King Kong and the Shrines on the interweb. Check out the Flickr page to check out the ball shots. Those are really impressive. I really mean this because it's... Oh, we got disconnected again from King Kong, from the King Kong and Barbecue show, but actually King Kong and the Shrines who are playing. Oh, here we have another call. Hello, are you there? Yes. Man, you are quick. What I want to tell you is that the best thing about Atlanta is that there are no white people who work at IKEA. I, I was going to say, well, I was going to say, King Kong, you are amazing on the redial. Thank you so much for phoning back all these times. Usually, when I talk to people and they hang up, they never phone back. But you phone back, and not only did you phone back, you phone back quickly. Thank you so much. Well, you know, I want to tell you, Norwar, I'm very proud of what you've done, and I've I've known you for quite a long time. I mean, I guess almost ten years, and uh, it's really wonderful when uh, a fellow Canadian can make such an international reputation for himself. And um, and I think that, I mean, a lot of people, you know, some people call me a slow leak. Some people even call me an idiot. But I will and will always be the killer. Well, before you go, King Kong from King Kong and the Shrines, what song would you like to leave the people with to end this interview right now? I've played Papa, a... F- can you play I Hate You by the Monks? I don't have that all queued up. However, I do have your CD. I meant from particular... Oh, for from my CD. Um, you could play the song Fear and Love. Fear and... Is that on... Uh, I don't think that's on here. Oh, it, what, what album is that? Oh, The Supreme Genius? Yes. yes okay. Um, we played... Tw- I guess we pl- from that song, from that album, I would play... Um, how about... Uh, Fool Like Me, that's a nice one. 
Okay, that's track number five by King Kong and his Shrines. Well, thanks so much for phoning to the Nerdwater Human Servant Radio Show. And again, you guys are playing Monday night at the Red Room in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And I think on Monday... I have to drive another, like, three or four hours, so we can still talk if you want. I'm, well, I'm bored, man. It's hot. feels like someone's blowing a hairdryer in my face constantly because we have no air conditioning. Well, as long as Vice is paying for the bill and you're not getting stuck with the bill, I will ask you one other question here. You're okay, going to be doing okay. some recording in Seattle. Is that with KEXP? You're going to be recording at KEXP Radio? Are you doing a live set on Monday, too? Uh, I think so. I've, I heard that we are, yeah. I recorded an audio recording in Seattle, too, with the spaceship. Right, that's, I guess, what I was going to segue into. You could go by there again. Have you done any vintage recording? Because you did. Oh, you know what? I've actually heard that Kearney Barton is not doing very good health-wise. And I don't know if he's dead, but I think he might be on his last last legs. The last time that uh, Sex Renos ran into him, which was, like, years ago, they were saying that his health was really bad. So maybe, um, maybe I could and see how he's doing. I, one of the greatest rock and roll experiences I ever had with the Space Shits was actually recording, at audio recording, and having Kearney Barton make us oatmeal cookies and give us all glasses of milk. And we were eating cookies and drinking, eating homemade cookies and drinking milk, sitting on the porch. And he was telling us stories about how Jerry Rosley used to sing, and when he used to scream, Sometimes blood would splatter from his throat onto the microphone. And this is Jerry Rosalie of the Sonics, who recorded yeah. in Seattle, Washington, with Kearney Barton from Audio Recording. And now the Sonics are back together. Will you be playing with the Sonics at all? Um, no, but I mean, I would definitely love to go see them. I mean, obviously, you know, I mean, sir, I, I, I don't believe, I'm really kind of against these kind of reunion things, but sometimes they do kind of work, you know, and it's great. Like, I, I mean, I saw the remains, and they were incredible and really wonderful people to talk to, you know. Actually, did some really cool shit too, and they got back together. And I mean, sometimes it really works. And with the Sonics, you know, sure, it would have been great to be 16 years old and you know see them at your high school dance. But you know, I mean, you can be uh, whatever 30 years old now and see them bald and look like you know your old math teacher. But you know, they can still wail and rock. Well, thanks so much for phoning into the Nardwarta Human Serviette Radio Show, King Kong from King hey, Kong and the you Shrines. Any, you have any good jokes? You know any good jokes? Yes. What's good about gangs? About gangs? What's good about gangs? What? They carpool. <laughs> Ba-boom! <laughs> hey, you know what? I got a couple of movie ideas that I'm going to shoot you, shoot you away. You want to hear some of my... My new script ideas? Go ahead, King Kong. Okay. My first movie idea right now is uh, about an esoteric police officer named Mandana, right? And this guy, he's got like a bandana. I'm thinking of like a Steven Seagal type, but more kind of more Native American and more esoteric. And like he, was, he would be this cop who like uses like yoga and like burns incense, incense on, the, on the scene of the crime and like studies the path of the smoke to find out, the, to solve the mysteries of the crime, you know? So he's this esoteric police officer named Mandana, and I would like to play that character, and, and I, I want to be like, you know, but I want it to be a Canadian TV production, so it's really budget. You know, like, remember, those, remember that, like, Canadian TV production about that Royal Mounted Police guy? Seeing things. Or My Secret Identity. Seeing things, I think, was the Royal Mounted Police guy. Or, con- or Constable con- or, or, or Constable Constable was another Canadian production. Yeah, I wanted to, be, I wanted to have, like, the aesthetic look of, like, uh, 
What was that? What, like that? That show with that guy with the mustache? It could be Wojak. No, it, it was not. A, uh, it was about like living on a on a on the bay. There was a guy with a boat. Uh, the beach co- the beachcombers, Nick Adonidas. Beachcombers, that's it. Something, something like with the aesthetic of beachcombers, but it's called Mendoza, esoteric police officer. I want there to be a little bit of eroticism splashed in there because I want him to be going out with like a, a stripper who's like really dirty and drunk all the time, and like every time he solves a mystery, he's always getting distracted by these phone calls from this drunk stripper who he, who's he's in love with, but who always thinks that she's he's cheating on her. You know, and like, we'll like bitch at him on the phone all the time and interrupt him in like really important, you know, moves that he's making to solve the crime. I want him to have probably an owl that appears in his dreams that talks to him and tells him about, about like, which, you know, it was Professor Plum in the, in the, in the sanitarium with the lead pipe. You know what I mean? Kind of put some clue in there. Have you had any people you can pitch these ideas to? Like on this? No, you know, I'm, 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 I have two children. I'm supporting a family. I'm, but how about on this tour? Are you getting any movie producers coming out to see you? You're mentioning the, the I mean, show. Uh, I, I played on in LA on Fuel TV, which is like a a, a television network for uh, on cable TV. And uh, I, the host of the show uh, was enamored by me, and um, I wound up talking to him a lot after the show and. It's funny because when you talk to Hollywood types, if you mention anything about someone blowing fireballs out of their vagina, they will immediately like be hypnotized and want to hear everything you talk about. Because you see, all these Hollywood types are really into freaky sexual things because I guess they are just bored of the regular in and out. So they like to, for example, you know, choke themselves while they masturbate or, you know, like eat, eat baked beans off of vaginas, you know, or, like, put butt plugs in their ears. Anyways, so I was talking to this guy about, um, and the host happened to be looking exactly like one of my favorite actors right now. You know Will Arnett? Yes, I think I do. Yeah, so he's my favorite actor right now. He's one of the funniest comedians, I think, around. And a little bit more evil than a movie they should do called Pizarro. Right, it's like Will Arnett and this guy who look exactly the same, but and then they both play like the good and evil characters, kind of like the Bizarro Superman, you know. And like throughout the movie, they're both doing good and evil things, and you can't tell the difference between which one might be good and which one might be evil. We could actually maybe call the movie "Good, Bad, Not Evil." Well, thanks so much again for phoning in King Kong from King Kong and Assurance. I hear you breaking up a little bit, so we will end here. I'm actually, I'm actually breaking out. And there's, like, zits forming on my face because I'm so hot. Fool Like Me by King Kong and the Shrines going to be performed on Monday night, hopefully. You're going to be doing Fool Like Me on Monday night at the Red Room? Unfortunately not. We don't really play that song anymore. How many songs off the new album, the compilation album, do you perform on tour? Um, uh, I would say... uh, I'm not actually sure because, I mean, the compilation was just kind of, like, picking random songs... Well, we we did an experiment where we played. We had like three albums in the past, so we played all these songs. And we put a bunch of rats and rabbits in a cage, and whichever one they reacted to the best, and we would choose those songs. So these these no no animals were harmed, but it was a few of the songs. The rabbits and the rats started making love to each other, 
and we thought that that was a good thing. And so we're trying to breed cross-pollination. We're trying to breed interracial marriages. We're trying to promote all that shit. We were, we, last night in Los Angeles, the show was so amazing. The only thing missing was people fucking while we were playing. So I hope that in Vancouver, you bring a condom and you have sex with anyone you want in that room while we're playing. Let us be the music to your orgy. Let us be the, the symphony to your erection. Let us be the, uh, the magical carpet ride to your Steppenwolf. Well, thanks so much, King Kong, from King Kong and the Shrines. See you on Monday at the Red Room. Keep on rocking in the free world and doot-doodle-loot-doo. I love you, Nordwar. Thank you. Bye.
Life ain't too easy for a fool. 